And if we can think about it for just a minute, just think about it for just one minute. He's got a blessing for us, but we got to get up and go do it. Everybody's there, say amen. amen. Jesus heals a lame man. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had a baby had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he had been ill for a long time, and he asked him. Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else gets there ahead of me, he said. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath day. You know, I love that story. Got me to thinking about this dog on my road. I text Cooper this morning and said, Can you, uh, I'm going to send you this picture of this dog. Can you put it on a backdrop for me while I preach? And he's like, huh? I said, just go with it, cowboy. Just go with it. I, 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 God blessed me and Mary with a new home a little over a year ago. And this dog has been there ever since day one. I don't know who the dog belonged to. I still don't know who he belongs to. I don't know anything about the dog, but I do know this. The dog sits in the middle of the road every day and every night. The dog lives in the middle of the road. I have been going back and forth to my new home for about 400 or 500 days now. And every day, except for this short period, this dog was in the middle of the road. And, and it's frustrating. He's laying there in the middle of the road and you got to get over in the ditch. He's not afraid of nothing. I honk at him. I roll down my window and I holler at him, hey, stupid, get out of the road, you moron. Sometimes I'll put my, my truck in park if I'm carrying a trailer, and I'll run and try to get him to go. That's how I got him to move this morning. He just lays there. <laughs> he just lays there. All day and all night. And for the year and two or three months I've been living there, I begin to wonder about this dog. And I'm like, don't you have a home you'd like to go to? Couldn't life be so much better for you if you went for a milk bone? There's got to be a milk bone out there somewhere for you. Somebody brought you to the neighborhood. It don't look like he's had a bath. It don't look like he's had a good... A, a, a good nutrition system but he just lays out in the road and it gets frustrating my wife and I we blow on the horn my son Dalton I try to tell him boy you go to hell for running over dogs he might worm at him sometimes boy leave the dog alone but I was thinking about that dog 
You can't run over somebody's dog. That's just unethical. <laughs> uh, immoral. But I was thinking, I was reading my Bible, and I began to think about this dog and how he could have such a better life, but it's up to him. But he just wants to lay there. Day after day, year after year, month after month, he just wants to lay in the road. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had strays come up to my house. I've had strays come up to my church. I had one here last week. He bit James. I was like, good dog. <laughs> I, 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 I know that there's a better life out there for this dog, but I don't know if he wants it. And I was thinking about it as I read the story of, uh, in the Bible. I started thinking about this dog. You, you have to literally get in the ditch to miss him. Sometimes I get so frustrated, I look like a moron, and this great Pyrenees must think that I'm really stupid. If he only knew that I've been praying for you to get a better life, that somebody might give you a milk bone, a bath, some rabies shots. My wife and I sometimes walk. She walks every day, but sometimes I walk. You can tell not very much, but sometimes <laughs> I walk. And we'll take our dogs with us when we walk. And, oh, he gets bad then. And I'm thinking to myself, don't you have somebody that cares about you? Don't you have somebody that loves you? Why don't you go sit on their porch instead of in this road? Why don't you get up? The better life is there. What if I told you in this church that there's a better life for you? You just got to get up and go get your miracle. You just got to get up and go to your purpose. You got to get up and get in your spot. Nobody's going to do it for you. Touch somebody and say, nobody's going to do it for you. So about a month ago, so, so I, I do not like this dog. I don't care about this dog. I, I'm like, somebody take care of this dog. I drive a dually with six wheels, and, and he's going to get hit, and I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to have to bury him and all these things. So I do not like this dog. But this dog has become a part of my life. So about a month ago, he came up missing. Mary said, somebody must have hit that dog. I started feeling bad. So every day I was like, no, baby, he's going to show back up. No, the dog is gone. She told me last week, she said, did you see the dog is back? And I said, yes, I saw him today. We were all excited the dog was back in the middle of the road. <laughs> what the heck is the matter with us? That's what I asked myself. What the heck is the matter with us? But then I thought about this story, and I thought the dog may be like a lot of people. And then I thought about what Mary said about some ladies might come and they might get refreshed and maybe this would be the last time that they go back out and let the devil have them. And maybe this would be a transformation point in their life. This revival would really take hold and these ladies would be mentors to other ladies and, and they would be Elizabeth and they would be around Mary's and they would be helping mothers and children. Maybe this one time they would come and they would stay. I got to thinking about it. Todd? Maybe somebody did take him in. Maybe somebody did say, hey, here's a miracle. Maybe somebody did scoop him up. And maybe somebody loved on him and bathed him and hugged him and, and gave him a doghouse and some milk bones. But he would rather go back to his other life. How many people we know like that? We pray for them. We love them where they are. We try to teach them right from wrong. 
We hold their hand. We help them out financially. We pay their bills sometimes. And they just get going and somebody's helping them. And all of a sudden, the slightest little bump in the road, they go back to the place where they've begun. So I'm like, dog, what are you doing back? I'm glad you're not dead. I'm glad to see you. But where'd you go for a little while? Why are you back? You have this amazing story in the Bible. You got to be in the right frame of mind. You got to be in the right frame of mind. When God is ready to bless you, you got to have your mind right. I want to say this. In John chapter 5, there was this man and he was crippled. For 38 years, he had been laying by the pool, a place where miracles took place constantly. Picture this in your own mind. Every day, Jana, miracles took place. Like Todd said, these people are happy about what God is doing, and all you want to do is go watch a football game or, or get ready for tomorrow. You're missing all the great things that God has for you in this moment. I see you right now. Some of you are on your phones. You're not even paying attention. I pray to God you break your phone before you leave. Give it to me. I broke some. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of your mom and daddy. I'm not afraid of none of the spiders. But some people have a blessing for them, but they're on their phone. Somebody has a blessing for them, but they're over there in the corner gossiping. Somebody has a blessing for them, but their mind is, God has a blessing for them. There's a blessing, there's a miracle, there's a door, but you're taking substance and you can't even see which way to go. You don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol. You need the miracles of Jesus. For 38 years, he'd been laying by the pool of a place where miracles constantly took place. There were actually angels present. And when, whenever an angel would stir the water up, the first person that got in the pool got healed. What if I told you that the first person up that got out of their chair would receive a million dollars? Who would be the first one up? Y'all's a bunch of liars up in church. I pray for y'all. If you told me there's a million dollars at the back door there, I would jump, 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 and beat y'all there. I may look fat now to shape, but I can move. Let's try this again for God's sake, and we're in church, and we're going to be honest. If I told you I'd give you a million dollars, who would be the first one up here? Thank you, Bobby. Praise God. We got one honest person in a green shirt. We'd all get up and we'd all move. And here you got this, this story of, of every day the angel comes, every day the water stirred, and every day the blessings happen. And you got this man, and he won't even get up and go move. He won't even pull himself. He won't even, he won't even drag himself. He won't even ask nobody to help me. You going today? Grab my belt. Let's go. Grab my belt. Let's go. He just sits there. Like some of you are in the shape you're in today because you just sit there. That's English, easy to understand, but sometimes hard to swallow. You blame everybody else for your problems. You blame God. You blame the hand you were dealt. You blame, you blame the circumstance. You blame, blame, blame. God is tired of hearing us blame, and he's ready for us to claim. This man, I was thinking about him as I was thinking about this dog. Probably when this little dog was a puppy, he was passionate. He was happy. He was excited. He'd probably lick you and then pee on your floor. 
How did I know that happens? Because I got a new little puppy, and he licks me, and he pees on my floor. And the other day, he licked me, and he turned around and licked one of his turds, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it, like, destroyed my whole rest of my day. I was like, oh. Mary said, what are you doing with that antibacterial soap? I said, I'm putting it on my mouth. <laughs> I just saw the dog with a turd. I bet when he was a puppy, he was passionate. I bet he was passionate. I bet he was excited. I bet when these people took him home, he was excited, but somehow he lost his passion. And I was thinking about the man by the pool. Listen to me. He had enthusiasm. If I can just get there, I can get healed. But a month went by, nothing happened. A year went by, nothing happened. Three years went by, nothing happened. Five years goes by, nothing happens. Here we are 38 years later, and he's still trying to get to the pool. He's totally convinced that it's, going, that it's never going to happen for him. But one day, Jesus came by and asked this question. Sir, do you want to get well? Sir, ma'am, listen to me. Listen to me, sir, ma'am, do you want to get well? Sir, ma'am, do you want to get healed? Sir, ma'am, do you want another life? Sir, ma'am, do you want to be better than you were yesterday? Sir, ma'am, do you know that I can do this for you, that I can, I can do things for you that you could even not imagine? God will take you places you never dreamed of. Sir, ma'am, sir, ma'am, he's talking to you in the church right now if you get where I'm going. Sir, ma'am, do you want this miracle? So Jesus shows up. He's been sitting there 38 years, and he don't believe that it's ever going to happen. And one day Jesus shows up, and he asks the man the question, Sir, do you want to get healed? In a sense, that was an odd question. Of course I want to get healed. Don't you see me laying here for 38 years? But Jesus wanted to see his attitude. Jesus always wants to check our attitude. God is never going to bless your business with a bad attitude. God is never going to bless your marriage with a bad attitude. God is never going to bless your ministry with a bad attitude. God is never going to prosper you if all you do is give him attitude. How many people know somebody got an attitude all the time? You don't even like to be around them. Quit pointing. We're in church. They always give you attitude. They always give you attitude. You don't like to be around. They got something smart to say. They're smart aleck. They're, 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 they just give you attitude. I, I like to say check your attitude at the cattle garden. Come over here and receive your blessing. A lot of times people don't make it in churches because somebody gave them attitude. Attitude, attitude. Check your attitude. Leave your attitude at the cattle garden. Lose your attitude, matter of fact. God wants to take you places and do things with you, but he's looking at your attitude. You wonder why your ministry's not taking off. You wonder why you're not successful. You wonder why things ain't happening for you, why your husbands and your wives and your children are not where they should be. Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe you have a chastising spirit. I have a, 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 a person in my church, and I know all they do is just chastise, chastise, chastise. And I think about their kids, and I think about their spouse, and I, and I say to myself, I wouldn't stay with them. God hates divorce, but I wouldn't live with them. All they do is have a condemning attitude. They do it to me. They do it to their spouse. They do it to their children. I'm thinking, man, you can fix that. Why? Because I know that God will bring pure joy into your heart. 
God will change your life if you allow him to. But you've got to have a right attitude. Negativity spawns off more negativity. Walking around smiling brings about joy in your life. Someone told me a long time ago, it takes just as many muscles in your face to smile as it does not to smile. You know, somebody's looking for your smile. Somebody's looking for a great attitude. Now, 38 years later, he's still lying here by the pool, totally convinced that nothing's ever going to happen. One day, Jesus comes up and asks the man the question, Sir, do you want to get healed? In a sense, that was an odd question. Of course he wanted to get healed. He had been laying by the pool for 38 years, hoping this was it. But Jesus wanted to see his attitude. The way the man responds shows us what the real problem was. Instead of saying, Yes, I want to get healed, he began to make excuses. Read what I just read to you a while ago. Somebody goes ahead of me, Lord. I try, but I can't make it. By the time I get up there, the angel's already gone. Instead of saying, yes, I want to get healed, he began to make excuses. Jesus, I don't have anybody to help me get in the water. I've tried and failed year after year. You know my legs don't work. It's so unfair, Jesus. It's just not right, Jesus. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, the one that has the power to heal him, standing right there in front of him, but the man is so focused on the reason that he's not ready to go and work it out. I come into church 11 years ready to, to find all the reasons for me not to be in church. They're going to judge me. They're not going to have anything to do with me. I walked in, everybody knows my past. I had so many reasons never to come back and one reason to stay. As I had an encounter with Jesus, he was standing right in front of me. I was sitting in blue chairs just like you were, and he just appeared to me and said, come follow me. I took him by the hand. You got this man here, and he's got all kinds of, it's not fair, it's not right. Here's Jesus, son of man with all the power. He said, in life I found that you can, you know, that, 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 that it's not fair. Here's Jesus, the son of God, the one who has the power to heal him. He's standing right there. But the man is so focused on the reason that he's not going to, to get healed, that it's not working out. Can I say this to you this morning? In life I found that you can be at the right place in the wrong frame of mind. And miss God's best for you. God opened up a door for you. You walked in and ruined it. You're not in the right frame of mind. It happens every day. I see people all the time. This happens. Somebody, somebody testify and say, hey, man, after I say this, I see this all the time. I see people without a job begging God to give them a job. And as soon as they get a job, they complain about that job week after week and month after month. If you agree with that, say amen. See, you can be in your blessing. You could be leading that company, but all you're doing is complaining about that company. You could be a leader in your community, but all you do is complain about your community. I never let anybody in my presence talk about Grangerland because I believe we live in the greatest community in the world. The field is ripe, the harvest is ready, and the work is plentiful. God is here, he's alive, and he's well, and he's working. And when people start saying, oh, you, you, you live in Grangerland, you live in East County, praise God, I live in the best place in the world where God has me, and I'm so thankful I don't live in River Oaks because me and them people wouldn't get along. 
I wonder if anybody goes outside and screams and hollers and shouts in River Oaks. I have to ask Harry if that really happens. You know, I'm done. <clears throat> Here's Jesus, Son of God, the one that has the power to healing standing right in front of him. In life, I found that you can be at the right place in the wrong frame of mind and miss what God wants to do. Some people have been praying for years and years and years for a loved one. They've been praying for God to bring them a spouse, bring them love. But it looks like it's not going to happen. Some of you have been praying for your spouse to come to church. You've been standing in faith for your marriage to be restored. You've been wanting to accomplish these goals, but it seems like the further and the harder you try, the more setbacks come. And now, like this dog, you just found yourself back in the middle of the road not wanting to do anything. I want to talk from the back of the church to the front of the church. If you lost your enthusiasm, God said never, never lack zeal. You need to get on your knees and you need to ask God to find joy. You need to get some enthusiasm and ask God to find a, find a reason for you to do what you need to do for his purpose. I don't know if that's making sense to anybody, but like this dog, he's back in the middle of the road with no hope. Maybe you walked in here today with no hope. You need to find your enthusiasm. Can I say this to you? Who remembers when they fell in love? My wife was so mad at me last week. She said, I cannot believe you told the church that you kissed me with your tongue. She wasn't really mad about that. She was mad I said it in prayer. But the Holy Spirit took over, and I just wanted some sugar. <laughs> but I remember when I first met her. You remember when you fell in love? You remember when you fell in love? You remember that Jared and Anna? Remember the phone calls, the, the flowers, the texts, the cards? You remember getting all dressed up and sucking your gut in? <laughs> and we'd be waiting for you, and you'd be up there getting ready. You'd be tucking in these things. <laughs> Everybody tucks these days. Putting on a little more perfume, a little more lipstick. You were enthused. You were excited. Remember when you got that job? When it was weeks without you getting a paycheck, you were excited. Remember when you fell in love with Jesus? You were excited. Remember when you first stopped drinking? You were excited. Remember that week you or two that you stopped cussing? You were excited that you were doing it. Don't lose your enthusiasm and be like the dog in the road. Find your enthusiasm. You know, you got to have some passion. I believe just like this situation, God is passing by your way right now. And you're at the right place. I don't know, it just comes to me. It's a gift.
I make sure that I tell her I love her. I make sure I tell you I love you. I make sure that my heart is right. I make sure I stay enthusiastic. If I'm pumped up about the Richard Tells Memorial bull riding and you're not, I don't care. I'm not losing my enthusiasm because you're not excited. If all the opposition's coming against me, I still try to, oh, Lord, it's hard. The wind's blowing over. We have water's riding. But I know if I just get close to you, Lord, if I just get close to the pool, if I could just get my foot in, God is going to bless. Today, I believe you. Like this man in this situation by the pool, God is passing your way. You're at the right place. But the real question, and I'm done. I told you I was done. Are you in the right frame of mind? Do you know that this could be your day? Do you know that this could be your moment? In the natural, it may look impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It may look impossible, but I said it again. With God, all things are possible. But how do you know that God is not just about to turn your situation around and thrust you to a whole new level? Because if he did it for the man by the pool, he'll do it for you. How do you not know it's coming your way? Because what he'll do for one, he'll do for another. What he's done for Pastor Mark, he'll do for you. What he's done for Miss Mary, he'll do for you. What he's done for so many He'll do for you. It says that he'll restore what the locusts ate. What was destroyed and what was stolen, he'll give back to you tenfold. It's all his anyway. That's why we do church different than church. Because I believe you should be excited. I should be this, this should be the best experience of your life. You should look forward to putting your socks on and your boots on and, and some clothes on. And getting to church. It should be a joy. It should be because you know that the presence of the Lord is by the pool. It's by this place. You know that he's in your heart. And you're trying to link up. And you're trying to do your part. And you should stay excited. Now God doesn't want to hear our excuses. He is saying today, do you want to be blessed? Touch somebody and say, do you want to be blessed? Touch somebody and say, do you want to have an abundant life? Look at me say, do you want to have an abundant life? Shake the person next to you and say, do you want to have an abundant life? Then rise up where you are. Rise up where you are. Rise up where you are. Look at the person on your left and say, this is my day. This is my time. Touch somebody and say, I hear the water in the pool stirring. I hear the water in the pool stirring. Today is my day. This is my time. This is my hour. This is my moment. This is my year. I love her more than I've ever loved her. I love him more than I've ever loved him. I love Jesus more than I've ever loved Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed. Keep your eyes closed. Real quiet. Real quiet. Real quiet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Do you hear the water stirring? Do you hear the water stirring? Do you hear the splashes? 
Do you hear God filling that pool up for you? Are you ready to go stand in it? Are you ready to go stand? Are you ready to put your life in God's hands today? I sure am, folks. Rise up today. Today is your day. Now it's time for your healing. If you need healing in this house today, every head bowed and every eye closed. Slip up your hand. Let me see you. You're going through something? Let me see your hand. God bless you. God, you see those hands go up? Father, we pray that you would just heal those bodies. Whatever element that they have, Father, that you would just heal them. Who believes that he can heal them? If you're here today and you've, you've just had a, a whole self-pity attitude, a life of disappointments, and you're ready to shake that off, raise your hand. Say, I'm shaking off all the disappointments. I hear the water stirring. I hear the water stirring. I hear it stirring. I hear God working. I know that he's here. The pool's here. The angels are here. His presence is here. I'm in the right frame of mind here. I expect to see God's power in my life. Get excited about that, church family. About seeing God in your life. Father, if there's anybody here that's never prayed and asked you into their heart, I pray today be the day of salvation for them. If you're here today and you never asked Jesus to come into your life, let him in right now. If he's knocking on your door, let him in right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life. You've got to say this and you've got to mean it. Maybe you've had self-pity and disappointments and hurts and habits and hang-ups. Today is a new day for you. This is your breakthrough. Pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. Lord, I believe you died. Say this with me. Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And today... I give my life to you. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, the water's stirring, the pool's here. You know what was crazy? That pool was in the middle of the church back there and nobody walked in it. wonder if you'll walk out of it. It's there. Why don't you pass through it? Why don't you symbolically say, Lord, I'm passing through this knowing that you're taking care of my body, my soul, and my mind, and my, and my family. My finances, Lord. I'll never worry about finances as long as I live, Lord, because you're in control of them anyway. Lord, thank you for our time together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.